0: Hey, it's Gaz here from Getting There with Gaz, Gaz on the Go, Levac and Gaz, and more. Many Godzilla Media sponsored podcasts. Well, we're all thankful for our proud sponsor, Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Do you have water damage, mold damage, fire damage to your home, or are you not sure about the person to call when something like that happens? Save this number in your phone right now: 518-915-1062. Again, 518-915-1062, Tech East Fire and Water Restoration your best way back to normal tefirewater.com if you've got damage you're looking for help wherever it might be they're open 24 hours for you located right there on central f in schenectady proud sponsor of all godzilla media podcasts and well, and gods back this summer we'll be broadcasting live from the hideaway to the saratoga lake golf club this friday july 23rd we'll be broadcasting live from the saratoga lake golf club make sure to come by and say hello Five to seven o'clock live on location on the Facebook page for Techies Fire and Water Restoration, Facebook.com slash Te Fire Water. Watch the show live there and also on the Godzilla Media YouTube page. Again, Lavac and Goss and all Godzilla Media podcasts brought to you by Techies Fire and Water Restoration, your best way back to normal. Now, enjoy this Godzilla Media podcast.
1: All right, we are back and as promised a day later. I knew, you know, some fans were thrown off by us not, you know, dropping our episode today, Wednesday, but we did it for good reason and we were right. We mm-hmm. said there was a good chance that the Bucks would win Game 6 and go on to be the NBA champions and here we are. We're going to dive into the entire series from start to finish, what this means moving forward, what it means with the Bucks winning the championship. Uh, we have another NFL list that I want to hit on. Taylor has no idea about, it, and it's a bizarre list. Ooh, um, I'm ready for it. And if, and if if us. we have, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one with a lot of controversy. So uh, all right, I, I'm ready for it. Really and then good. we have you know the MLB hot stove heating up. If we get to it, we're gonna try to condense this episode a little bit. We're gonna try to get you guys out of here in an hour. I promise we're gonna try. And then we're going to talk Tokyo Olympics as well. So let's get right to it then. So we don't waste any more time. We are sports with a Z and a T. I'm Bryce Linsky alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda Tech East Fire and Water Restoration and Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Taylor, what a hell of a game six we had last night. Obviously the bucks winning one Oh five to 98 winning the NBA championship title. And I like our little headline bucking the trend because it's a <laughs> small market team, right? It's not the LeBron James of the world. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not the warriors. It's not the Lakers. It's not the heat. It's not the Cavs. It's a team that hasn't won a title since 1971 in mm-hmm. the Milwaukee bucks. And, I mean, Giannis, absolute monster game to finish off this series with his first reign, 50 points, 14 boards, five oh. blocks. Uh, um, 17 of 19 from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Uh, take note, Ben. That's what good players do. Um, and scored, uh, like I said, the Bucks had 105 points. He had 50 of them. He had half of them. So, I, I mean, I'm going to – Take, give it right to you before we dive into it. Your thoughts on the Bucks becoming NBA champions for the 2021 NBA season.
2: Well, I think at the beginning of this, we both incorrectly picked the Suns to win. But that was given the fact that we thought that Giannis was going to play. I
1: hedged ourselves. I said, I'm yeah, picking the Suns because <laughs> of the Giannis injury. So yeah. I, I gave us that wiggle room. So we were right. We were still right true true um but
2: yeah I, this 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 series was uh a roller coaster i would say uh you get them going up two zero, oh the sun's going up 2 and then just the bucks storming back literally winning the next four games in a row and i thought it was going to be dictated by the home team i thought it might go seven where like you know the one team that had to get that win on the road and I mean Giannis and the Bucks came out and did it in game 5 and they they won on the road. They made it a series and Phoenix just couldn't couldn't keep up. And when I look at the the performance last night, it was it was a fun game. I, I mean I, we were talking before we got on and uh, Bryce lost power uh last night in the
1: middle of the game so he couldn't see the We the had end some of the really bad half. storms roll through yeah, here and it even, could not have been worse timing. I saw the second half but I was not happy. I missed the first half.
2: No, yeah, but the Bucks came out storming, got to a thirteen-point lead. That storming, yeah, <laughs> <a, laughs> up to a thirteen-point lead. And I thought that it might be over. That the Bucks might just like put the nail in the coffin and that's it. But you know, granted, give it to the Suns. They came back in quicker than I thought. Like they were down thirteen. I was like, okay, maybe by halftime they'll. By mid second quarter, they were they were caught up. The Bucks at one point. Were outscored like it was, I think it was like fifteen or nine or somewhere in the like high teens to four. Like the Bucks scored twenty nine in the first quarter, and then they were at like four with like three minutes to go in the second quarter. So it was it was a roller coaster of a game. But Giannis Antetokounmpo with just a legendary performance. I was rooting for 50. He, he had 49 at the end there and they were fouling. They're in the foul game where it was like, all right, th- th- they're going to win. You're just fouling because you want to, you know, maybe they'll miss a couple free throws. And I was like, give it to Giannis. Give it to Giannis. I want him to get 50. Like and even 50 is just, just nice to look at. But yeah, credit to him for making his free throws. And it, he doesn't have – I think he proved that he doesn't have to be able to like shoot the ball like Kevin Durant. But the one thing he does need is if he's going to be driving – he needs to be able to hit some free throws, or at least be a threat at the three, uh, the free throw line. And when you're making them, like he was making them last night, it's you can't foul him because he will make them. And otherwise, you have no recourse for stopping him because he's bigger and stronger than everyone. He was playing with Aiden
1: last night. It was. It was crazy to watch. And you mentioned it was a roller coaster game six. It was really a roller coaster series, right? I For mean, sure. the Bucks the fell behind 2 0 in the series. And we were talking about well, the Suns look unbeatable. And, and mm-hmm. we were talking, Giannis doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look right. But this Bucks team, like they really have all postseason, they never gave up and they dug deep and won four straight. And we're going to get to the Suns because I have some takes on the Suns, too. I mean, I was in CP3's court uh, for the majority of this postseason. However, I, I I have some things to say about Phoenix's performance, including Chris Paul. Um, but as the Bucs did all season and as Giannis did, they they just stormed back and were resilient, and the two-time MVP finished the game with one of the most impressive performances. I, I, I can, I, I mean, th- there's obviously some legendary NBA Finals performances. You could go with LeBron, for example. Mm-hmm. You could go with some of the Jordan ones. You could go with a Kyrie. Shaq. You could Shaq. go with Shaq. Correct. Um, fifty points, fourteen boards, five blocks as a result of his performance consistently. And we talked about this throughout the NBA finals, how good and how historic of a performance he was putting on. Um, He was the unanimous finals MVP in my book. I mean, you, you I mean, had yeah. arguments for drew holiday. You had arguments for Middleton, but this bucks team, Giannis, obviously. I mean, he was the reason why this bucks team was where they were. And, and To say that Giannis put together one of the best single game performances ever in NBA finals history in game six is is being kind. He became just the just the seventh player in NBA history to score 50 plus points in a finals game, period. Mm -hmm. And he also, excuse me, he also became the first Taylor ever player to record 50 points, 10 boards, and five blocks in a playoff game. He also account- S- since blocks were were counted as a stat, but still right, right. But I mean, still, I mean, think about all the stars and dominant still. presence. You're right. He accounted for 48 percent of Milwaukee's points. That's the fourth highest in a finals game in the shot clock era. Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and Elgin Baylor are the only players to record a higher percentage during that span. Giannis was especially productive in the second half last night. He scored 33 of his 50 points, and over the last 50 years, only two players have scored at least 33 points and a half of an NBA Finals game. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan and Giannis. He so, scored 20
2: points just <laughs> in the third quarter.
1: Not not bad company for the now very impressive resume and just stellar performance for Giannis Antetokounmpo, a well-deserved MVP, and, and it's really one of those things now. And we're, like I said, we're going to get to the Suns because I, I want to talk about the Suns as well. But obviously, we need to give the Bucks their due. We have time to do everything. Um, I want to bring up this conversation, and it's an interesting conversation that I've heard across a lot of a lot of platforms, and, and I think it's a it's a serious conversation now. We always considered Giannis to be a superstar, but we never put him in the biggest names of names, right? We never we never had him in the same category as a LeBron or a KD or a Steph. He was more in that mix with a Harden, a Westbrook, a Lillard. He he wasn't one of the the best. But now when you look at what Giannis did, in the market that he did, granted, Milwaukee is not. I mean, you could say maybe now that it is, but Milwaukee was never considered a big market. And everybody re- kind of raised an eyebrow when he came back after signing that Supermax deal, came back and claimed that there was unfinished business. You kind of knew he was wired differently. And for a league with an ever expanding international focus, with the bundle of physical attributes and skills big punishing defenders someone that's going to attack the rim is it time to put Giannis as the poster boy of the NBA um
2: it's getting close I don't know if I can say that because LeBron's on his way
1: out because LeBron's on his way out I mean look you and I—it's no secret that we are Team LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you look at KD, he's won his championships with Golden State. That was a super team. That was a that was a super team. You put together another super team in Brooklyn and lose to said Bucks team, who went on to win the finals. And the Bucks put together a good team, but I wouldn't say they're a super team. They have an All Star with a great supporting cast. Middleton's. Good. He is an all-star. Drew Holiday is good. He is an all-star. Like a
2: superstar sometimes. But
1: that's not. But that's not when you think of max teams. That's not at the level of a KD Harden and, no. and Kyrie or a KD Clay and and Steph or, or, or anything that the Lakers are doing. More, my point is, is in a league that's known for their unhappy. Unhappy stars, really, that's always looking to pair up and look for the grass is always greener on the other side, guys. Giannis, to my point, re-upped as soon as he had the chance back in December in Milwaukee. Spoiled all the fun for all the all the speculators out there that he's going to L.A., he's going to Brooklyn, he's going to here and there, whatever big market he's, 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 he's going to the Knicks. He's going to the Knicks. Knicks. He's going to Miami. He stayed in Milwaukee. And he was all in for what's been a, an abysmal franchise. I mean, if people don't remember how bad the Bucks really were for most of the 21st century. I mean, mm-hmm. they have been horrible. Granted, and they, I think his first year, they only won 15 games. Right. And so to see him grow with the same team, to build it back up, to put in the work, To bring a gritty city to an NBA championship title and not do it by teaming up with other superstars. And look, they went out and brought in Drew, but Chris Middleton's a homegrown product. Mm -hmm. A lot. Exactly. So this isn't something that, you know, Giannis got easily. Not saying any NBA championship is easy. But this is a guy that, in a league that's, I I mean, up and coming with several young stars. I mean, you think of Tatum, Luka, Trae Young, Embiid, Mitchell, Booker, Ball, all all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Giannis, look, KD is not a spring chicken anymore. You're looking at that next guy to look at as the poster boy for the league. How do you not say it's Giannis? At this point, with his resume, I think you have to
2: say that it's. I'm saying all all, all right. So LeBron's not out of the league yet. I'm interested to see how he does next year, whether he's healthy or not. If he's not healthy again by the end of the season, then it's just his time. His body is breaking down, and it's over for him. It might be over now, and maybe if you argue that Giannis is the the best player in the league right now, the face of the league, and should be, I wouldn't argue hard against you because how can you he just put up 50 points in a closeout game six of the finals his worst game was the first game which he was coming off an injury where he had 20 points and 17 rebounds to go along with four assists and then he just followed that up with oh i don't know two back-to-back 40 point games then a 26 14 32 9 and then close it off with 50 14 and five blocks and doing things that have never been done before and so yeah And the guy is 26. He's like my age. He's a year older because he turns 27 this year. But he's he's literally my age. Yeah, exactly. And so like he has so much left. And you never know what's gonna happen. Now, let's I don't wanna be that guy, but I will throw in the caveat of, you know, he did not beat a full strength Nets team, and you know, there was other teams that may have the Clippers who had Kawhi injured. So you never know. Like come next year. Can he repeat? Can if he get the,
1: if the Sixers had a comparable point guard?
2: Yes, exactly. If the Sixers get Damien Lillard or whatever the hell happens <laughs> over the summer.
1: But um
2: the the point is, I don't know if he makes it in a year where everyone's healthy, but that's not how life works. And so he only played who was in front of him and he demolished them all in the end and he came out on top and so being 26 doing what he's doing and like playing the way he's playing i don't see how he can't be the next face of it with guys like luca and that I, luca i think is the one who's going to challenge him um and in a year or two you know that he he'd be well, my pick for the guy that's coming up next well
1: luca needs to win a championship before he could be in that conversation of in my, course. In my, and now but luca um, hasn't
2: been in the league more than three years so it's like he's he's got a good place to start from i'll say that but yeah Giannis Giannis is the guy right now Giannis is the guy going forward until someone takes the crown from him and if that be the Nets next year, if they're perfectly healthy heading into the playoffs, then we're going to be having this conversation next year where it's like, oh, well, yeah,
1: super teams. Actually, they do win most of the time when they're healthy. Because we want to squeeze in so much content in a, a little bit of a smaller time frame. I, I Look, I, we could talk about the NBA finals for all 45 minutes to an hour until we're blue in the face. But however, that's just not how it's going to work today. I, I want to talk about the Suns. As, as much as I want to give credit, all the credit to the Bucs, because they deserve everything. I mean, th- this was a challenging year. They were the clearly the better team. They fought through a lot of adversity. Giannis th- fought through the knee injury, the whole nine yards. This is just simply another playoff collapse led by CP3. Over the course of his career, Chris Paul has earned the reputation as one of the league's best point guards. You and I have said that on this show. And I I am not taking that away from him. However, I <clears throat> I think what the cherry on top of his legacy would have been if the going up 2 0, you should win that series. You should win a series up 2 0 uh against this box team. Just plain and simple. Um he's gained a bit of a reputation that is CP3 for losing leads in a playoff series. And Unfortunately, that played out again because obviously being up 2-0, the Suns dropped four straight games, which marks the fourth time in CP3's career that his team has lost a best of seven series after going up 2-0. He's the first ever player to blow four such series leads. He's blown leads going back to 2008. They were up 2-0 against the Spurs. 2-0 against the Grizzlies in 2013, 3-1 against the Rockets in 2015, 2-0 against the Blazers in 2016. They were up as you as we all we've talked about this. They were up 3-2 against the Warriors in 2018, and now again they the time. <clears throat> and then again this NBA Finals up 2-0 against the Bucks. He's the first ever player to blow four two leads in a best of seven series and I come you know from a city in Philadelphia that had somebody similar stats wise in my relation I can relate to is Donovan McNabb with the Eagles put up all the stats was a great quarterback for the Eagles holds all the franchise records for the team but mm-hmm. what do people go back on that he never won a Super Bowl and choked whenever they got close. That's what I worry about when it comes to CP3's legacy now, because this was his time. You could say that it was mm-hmm. back in 2018, but being up 2-0 against it, I mean, the Bucks are the NBA champions. They were clearly the best team in the league this year. However, they're a beatable NBA champion, and you kind of let them back in this series when you had your foot on their neck. And that... With him entering his 17th season next year, I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to opt out in Phoenix, but I can almost assure you that Phoenix will not be the representative of the Western Conference in next year's NBA Finals, and I think that's because CP3 is going to go chase a ring somewhere. Whether that be in LA, I don't I don't know. We'll see, but... He needs to try to capture that elusive championship that is going to haunt his legacy either way. All right.
2: Well, I want to be totally fair. 2018, I don't think you can hold that against him because, because he, he had the hamstring. He, he got hurt. Yeah. It wasn't him. He wasn't on the court when they missed 27 straight but He shots. got hurt in a critical moment. I,
1: I mean, it's look, true. it's I not mean, fair. He, it's not fair, but, no. You know, but the
2: injuries sometimes, you know, the play players... Where it's like, if I look at Anthony Davis, it's like, come on, man, you're you're always injured. Like, is that just your body or is that something you're doing? Like when you're injured that much, you come to a point where you you have to question the at least either the trainers or the routine or your your lifestyle, something. I don't know. Or maybe you just have a frail body. But either way, I'm not really counting 2018 against him. And even this year, I'm not really counting against him because of a couple of reasons. The first reason reason being that it's Chris Paul, the 38-year-old with a bunch of kids. Like these are kids. These are, this is this is the first playoff series or playoff push. Like Devin Booker's first playoffs, Ayton Bridges first playoffs, not Crowder's obviously. Um he was in the finals last year, but that's why it's like Paul and Crowder and in, 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 we're talking starting lineup people who were in the finals only those two. So he's bringing along these kids basically. I mean they're, they're not kids but I mean Booker's 24 years old. He's basically a kid. Um, but I don't think I think of more of a floor raising performance than anything else in this uh, this final this playoffs. Like I don't think that he was ever meant to get this far like the Suns were good all season obviously and that's why they got the number two seed but even coming into it like I mean I picked the Lakers I thought if the Lakers were healthy and I still believe if the Lakers had been healthy that they would have beat the Suns and I predicted them to lose in five and they made it all the way here they had some help with the injuries along the way but I don't really think it was all Paul's fault and even watching the game last night yeah he missed some shots that were probably shots he should have made there were some wide open shots like at the foul line that he normally makes. And there was a couple of bad turnovers, but you know who I blame the most for this loss last night? Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. He was awful. He was, and he was he, awful outside of the first two games. Really? He was eight of 22. O of seven from three. He was had bad turnovers, six turnovers, and they're all atrocious. Drew holiday had him in hell and he could not figure it out. He could not get out. And the Suns didn't game plan to get him out of it. And he was at 15, which is just so bad um, for him at least. And yeah, I I don't think that Paul is the one to blame. He had some bad games for sure, but so did Booker along with him and Booker had a few good games here and there. But I think overall, especially this last game, this elimination game, I think Paul did as much as he could. He was 11 of 19. Chris Paul was. And I think he could have been a lot more. He could have had like 14 of 19 because he had a bunch of open shots in places where he usually doesn't miss and he was missing him for some reason, but that doesn't always mean they don't always go down, but eight of 22. Yeah, that's bad. Oh, seven from three. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. So I, I don't, I think I chalk it up mostly to the Suns not being experienced and Paul trying to lead them. But I do agree with you that this was one of his best chances and maybe his last chance. Because I don't think that the Suns in a healthy field would get as far, and I'm assuming it's going to be a healthy field. I really hope that there's not freaking injuries lower next season too. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Booker, if he continues to get better, he's only 24. So if by that time he's 26, he's you know Giannis superstar status, then maybe. But like. I don't know if Booker's going to go out and win a final or an MVP next year. Like, I don't know if he's that guy.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, look, the Suns enter this offseason with a lot of question marks, and the future of Chris Paul is going to be front and center. I'll say, and then-
2: I think on Chris Paul's side, I th- my bet would be that he goes for whoever's going to give him the most money. I don't know if he's going to ring chase. I think he's just... At this
1: point, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm not chasing any more money. I need to win a ring.
2: (laughs) I know, but like at this point, if he goes to like a a Lakers, how much are you going to value the ring that he gets at the end? Um, and he's
1: carried by LeBron and AD. So, so when you're looking at what CP3's options are, um, if Paul declines his option, that's an indication that a new contract is going to be waiting for him. Um, Whether that be from Phoenix or there's a secondary option with a team that has space, I don't know. Uh, We obviously have heard about the Lakers. We have heard about the New York Knicks that project to have more than $50 million in room that can sign to, say, a three-year deal. Um, With that said, it's not likely that he leaves Phoenix. I'd be hard to see that he does leave. However, there's a lot of question marks around the future of Phoenix, and I think with a healthier Western Conference, they're simply not going to be the best team next year. And I I, I was wrong about them this past year, but I I don't know. And who knows what experience will do for them. I'm not sure. But it just seems to me that this was their chance. They caught lightning in a bottle, except it got Mm -hmm. – I mean, the flame was put out a little too soon. Stamped out by Giannis. Yeah. yeah, it was stomped
2: out by Giannis. So, well, I mean, if you look at it, I don't, I don't think. I think if I asked you, who do you think is going to be the top two teams in the Western Conference next year, you're not going to say the Jazz and the Phoenix Suns.
1: No, you're going to say probably the Lakers and maybe a healthy Warriors team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, am wholeheartedly in the Warriors with Clay coming back. If James right. Wiseman is also healthy, right. that
2: team could be nasty.
1: Right. So, and look, the the landscape changes every single year. We know that. So, be on the lookout because I mean, come August, I believe the off season starts in August this year. I could be wrong on that, but I think instead said July first, August first is like the big day because the the NBA is trying to catch up to all their uh, to try to catch up to normal season. Um, scheduling after obviously COVID made this year a little bit shortened and um, we'll have plenty of time to talk NBA off season, yeah. but August 2nd is when uh free agency starts. All right. So, so yeah. yeah, we got about a week and a half or so. Yeah. We'll, be hearing,
2: we'll be hearing rumors. I like am sure. Down.
1: And you know, before you know it, Damian Lillard will be a sixer and all will be good in <laughs> Bryce land. Uh, uh, so, Let's move on. Congratulations to the Bucks. We'll talk about basketball as necessary as the offseason becomes closer and and the Bucks have their parade. We'll talk more about the NBA as time allows, but I do want to get to another NFL list. And Ooh, baby. this next list that got dropped is is a is a unique list. It's the top offensive arsenals in football, ranked okay. one. 32 from bill barnwell he's an espn staff writer but he, he used to be a, a scout and, and used to be in a couple front offices around the league and he released his best offensive arsenals around the league a- and i will read you off the list i'm not gonna make you get well no you know what i am gonna i am going to make you guess at least number one because i don't know if you're gonna get it right I think I think I know who you're gonna go with, but I think well, that you makes might me change or...
2: my answer. That makes well, me change no. my answer because I know not. I think I think I know who you think that I'm gonna pick number one, and if you're I, saying that that's wrong, then I gotta change my uh, my answer. So this is so? like this is all NFL, like not. NFC AFC separated no, out no 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 one through one,
1: one, one through thirty-two. This is best offensive arsenals that includes um that does not include quarterback, so weapons okay. so take out the quarterback, running back and wide receivers, and tight end. Okay. Um
2: I'm not gonna go with who I would pick because you think I'm gonna say it and you think it's wrong. So I'm gonna go with the
1: Browns. No. Who yeah. were you? Who who were you guys? The Chiefs. Nah, the no. Chiefs, obviously. And believe it or not, the Chiefs aren't in the top five. <laughs> well, so, okay, so, I mean, I guess the running
2: back isn't great, but like they still have one of so the, number, not the best tight end and one of the best receivers. Right. But Number whatever.
1: one, the number one offensive arsenal in all of football, according to Bill Barnwell, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike okay. Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, led by and LeGar- or, uh not LeGarret, Blunt, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald. I Joe almost thought that the back.
2: Bucks were too obvious too. Bronca so a tight end. end. Yeah.
1: yeah, you still have Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard. They have Gio. I forgot oh, they fans. added Gio Bernard as well. Uh-huh. So they have a three-headed monster at running back, and I mean you you can't. They're not counting quarterback, but led by Tom Brady. That's so number yeah. one is Tampa. Makes sense. I, and I have issue with number two right off the rip too.
2: Dallas Cowboys are at two. I knew that they were going to be high. They're o- they're always high. They're I mean, always they have high. Zeke and they have Amari Cooper and CD lamb, uh, Michael Gallup.
1: Obviously yep, um, yep. you have Blake Jarwin at tight end. Um, Dalton tight end, Schultz. But... Um, yeah. I look, they Schultz have right a, there. they have a great trio at wide receiver, but I, I could think of a couple other teams that I, I put ahead. Of. I mean, Hell, I'd put the, I'd put the Titans, who is number three yeah. ahead yeah, of the Cowboys. Actually, I'd have, I'd too. rather have Derek Henry over Zeke. Mm-hmm. I'd rather yeah. have the combination of AJ Brown and Julio Jones over Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Most definitely. Um, do they have that third wide receiver? I guess compared to what the Cowboys have in Gallup, no. Yeah, but Gallup but, doesn't move the needle that much not I, over
2: I, I, julio over amari is like a no burner all day every day and then cd lamb i mean he, he's a growing player, so maybe he'll be maybe he'll be as good or i mean aj
1: brown's so good aj though. brown's so good he he is yeah. he is so fun to watch and i think pairing I, him with julio jo- look me i mean ask, we've talked about the titans a lot because of obviously yeah. our thoughts on on the afc south but um if they don't have a quarterback to throw them the football, I don't know what good they are. But this—that's not what the conversation is. It's—it's it's Are the Seahawks
2: in that top ten?
1: I'm looking. Hold on. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> you just like, why? Uh, I was like, um, I a No. Yes, they are, but they're they fairly down. So we'll go. Yeah. Number four is your your guess. It was the Browns. I mean, and they should be with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You have Austin Hooper at tight end and then Landry and OBJ. Yet yeah, OBJ coming off the torn ACL, but that's still a pretty He's solid, solid, solid core, especially that running back group. I mean, that is just such that's the best one 2 punch. I think in all of football
2: until, you know, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, but okay. no, yeah, 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 right. yeah. We're going to yeah, move. Yeah, yeah We're going to move on now. <laughs> no, but yeah, Taylor you're, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, Chubb. Chubb and uh, Hunter are pr- a pretty good. Uh, this one's a little fandom. interesting
1: and kind of made me think. And I don't, I, I think they're good, but I don't think they're this good. They have the Vikings at five, and, and that I, I mean, you have Dalvin Cook at tight end, backed up oh. by Alexander Ham Madison. You have Running Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You have Justin <laughs> Jefferson at tight or, or at wide receiver, and Adam Thielen at wide receiver. But you lost yeah. Kyle Rudolph. Mm-hmm Uh. You don't have Stefan Diggs obviously anymore. He I give
0: a
2: lot of credit to to Dalvin Cook being one of the best. They're like, putting a lot of stock
0: for, at Dalvin
1: Cook Absolutely. and
2: and Adam Adam Thielen. I think they like him uh, or Barnwell likes
1: him. Well, and the, well, and the mean, future of but, and the future of Justin Jefferson. I mean, look, the oh, future yeah, is sure, the yeah. this the, the ceiling is the roof for. He was one of the best wide receivers Justin
2: last Justin. year as as a rookie. So it's like. You know. Yeah, he was he was
1: unbelievable and the Eagles passed up on him for Jalen Rager. Okay, we're <laughs> we're gonna move on. Six is the Chiefs. Six okay. is the Chiefs, and that's obviously led by Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, you have Clyde Edwards alaire in the backfield, Micole Hardman is a nice piece. And I love when- Sammy Watkins, so I think I
2: don't know if that like Analyze it too much, and the fact that they don't have like a standout. They mentioned back.
1: they mentioned that they their fifth round draft pick in Cornell Powell might mm-hmm. fill that Sammy Watkins void. Um, Watkins a lot of, was very Hartman too. Watkins was very um, on and off when he was with Kansas City. He was pretty mm-hmm. injured for the majority of the time, um, mm-hmm. but this is a Chiefs team that I. I According to Barnwell, has lost a step. Their 2019 offensive ranking for Arsenals was two, 2020 was first, and now they're down to six.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I agree.
1: Especially, I mean, I guess
2: if you're not counting the quarterback, like, like Patrick Mahomes is an offense onto himself. Like he makes everyone around him so much better that, like, you he yeah.
1: elevates everyone. So you mentioned the Seahawks, right? You you mentioned the Seahawks, and they're coming up. I can think of a lot of teams. You know, I have the Rams in mind. I I still have the Packers in mind. I still have the Bills in mind. Um. The the Bengals trio, the Bengals offense, the arsenal is great for for the Bengals. No, no, no. You will. I'm going to make you guess this one because you won't. I I don't think you'll get it. Number seven of offensive arsenals in the NFL per Bill Barnwell.
2: Mm.
1: Nobody. I don't think our listeners, unless they've seen the list, it's going to guess this. The the
2: Raiders. Nope.
1: Um, I'll give you a hint. NFC. NFC.
2: NFC. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be something weird. Uh, Washington.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> uh, give you two more guesses. Give me another hint. Can you give me another hint? Um, uh, try not Cardinals? to be. Cardinals? No, not the Cardinals. I'm trying not to make it too obvious. Um. One of their players is a top five fantasy pick. <laughs> uh, um, the the in any coherent f- fantasy league. <laughs> uh, I don't know the Saints. No, nah, same just, right just, division. Just oh, just tell me Panthers.
2: I thought about that. As soon as you said a top five pick, I was like, Christian McCaffrey. But there's no way.
1: Right. right. McCaffrey is it. McCaffrey is the offense. Robbie Anderson is okay. DJ Moore is good. But that's what else do they have? I mean, you lost Curtis Samuel. How are they the number seven overall offensive arsenal in all of football? I can't even name their tight end. I can't uh, name a wide receiver outside of Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. You have Sam Dawson. And I get it. Quarterback isn't part of the conversation, but what, what outside of Christian McCaffrey is likable about the Panthers offense? I'm struggling to figure it out. I,
2: I don't know. I mean, are they giving that much? Their, their tight end is Dan Arnold.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I, mean, I, I
2: Wait, but who's below them? Tell me who eight, nine, and ten are.
1: Seattle is eight. Okay, no. Buffalo okay, is no. nine. <laughs> okay, no. Rams are ten. That now, granted, they just lost Cam Akers, but uh, Cook uh, or uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Van Jefferson. Yeah, I love the
2: receiving core. I'm a big uh, Cooper Cup fan. I am. He, too. He's done. Me, he's done me very well in fantasy. Uh, a lot. So, Cooper Cup Cup is—he's a great slot wide
1: receiver. You have so I'll just—I'll start going through it. Packers at eleven. You have the Niners at twelve, which I kind of hesitate on that, but I I guess with Kittle, Mostert, Debo, um, IU is—is
2: like the offensive line, like part
1: of it? No, no, no. It's literally just the weapons. Literally the weapons. Yep. (laughs) I mean, Bengals are the, thirteen. The running backs are very. Uh, Bengals are very thirteen. Strong. The Ravens okay. are fourteen. And I'm looking at all these teams and then comparing them to the Panthers, and I'm like, how?
2: They how? must be. They must be putting a lot of stock in like Robbie Anderson.
1: I have a problem with this too. Steelers at fifteen. I mean, you lost James Conner. You have Najee Harris, who I think is going to be good, but you don't know. Chase Claypool's good. Um, Juju Smith is good, not great. I think he's proven that now. That's not um, the last year, he was correct. Consistent, and you have Deontay Johnson, but like you don't have a tight end, you you don't have a proven running back. How are you in but, the top fifteen in the NFL? You Ronan have a quarterback that can't dart no, a football. You is
2: going to be great.
1: You have a thirty-eight-year-old quarterback that's arms about to fall off. We're not counting the quarterback. I I know, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> if you're t- counting the quarterback, do you
2: really think that the Panthers would be seventh with Sam Darnold to the helm? No I, disrespect to Sam Darnold, but I mean, I know you can blame it on the Jets all you want, but he didn't look great.
1: Uh, and you see here, it goes, uh, literally here's the first uh, uh, look, 16, the New York football giants. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, which I like. You brought in Kelly, Cal- Kenny Galladay. Sure. Evan Ingram is continues to struggle at the tight end position. So I yeah, I don't I don't know about Evan <laughs> Sterling not Shepherd anymore. is a slot wide receiver at best. You had Golden Tate, who is just
2: when well, you plays. lost
1: him. it's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah. Um Darius Slayton puts up numbers but not a consistent amount of numbers. You don't know what say like look, I being a Penn Stater and knowing Saquon he's going to be fine and he's going to be dominant, but you don't know that you can't put them that high, knowing that Saquon is going to come back healthy. Cause if he's not healthy, that team's going to struggle. So to put them at 16, I struggle with Denver at 17, which I think is more, I, I, they do, they have weapons. You mm-hmm. have Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton's back from the uh, ACL tear. Uh, Tim Patrick is a nice piece. You have Melvin Gordon in the backfield. They lost Philip Lindsay, but um, that's still Noah Fant at tight end, who I really like. I like Noah Fant a lot. I like um, Jerry Judy a lot, personally. Jerry like Judy, a- yeah, Jerry Judy's.
2: Yes, he was yeah. also on one of my fantasy teams last year, and he was. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but you give him credit for
1: not having a great quarterback and still putting up numbers. Um, Cardinals are at eighteen, which yeah, that- Dion. DeAndre Hopkins, you have Chase Edmonds, and you brought in James Conner to kind of spell each other. Uh, Remember, they have A.J. Green now. So Mm -hmm. remember that. They have um, rookie Rondell Moore, who's going to be a speedster for them. Christian Kirk is there as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a team that, look – they have the weapons, Kyler. Uh, the Cardinals' offense never really was the issue last year. It it was that defense. So Cardinals, I, I, I'm that's about right for me. I, I think the Cardinals have a good offense. Um, it's the defense for me that's going to keep me from really putting them anywhere further than where they are. Um, the Saints mm-hmm. are at 19 with Kamara, Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared that's, Cook.
2: I feel like that's kind of really low, like.
1: The supporting cast is good. It's the quarterback that yeah, is if you're the not question.
2: counting the quarterback. If you're not counting the quarterback, then the Saints should be. A- and that's, way why higher. I wanted, that's
1: why I wanted to talk about this list, because it just seems all over the place to me.
2: Because Camara uh, is undoubtedly one of the top three to five uh, running backs in the league. There's a couple teams that even
1: look, look, there's a couple teams out here that we haven't talked about yet, that I'm pretty aggravated that we haven't talked about yet. Um and both our teams are on that list.
2: Well um, I understand why the Colts aren't ranked very high because their offensive weapons are honestly a little lacking. They could do with a big name or two, but Chargers are 20.
1: Mm-hmm. Which you have Keenan now, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. We'll see. Really like Eckler, but yeah. <laughs> Dolphins. You have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell. You still have Devontae Parker. You still have Mike Kosicki at tight end. Miles Gaskin seems to be pretty good find at running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, look, that that's a that's a team that I think <sighs> is a little low. The Raiders at 22, which I kind of agree with. They're, they, I mean, Josh Jacobs has proven he can't be trusted in a three-down roll, which is why they brought in Kenyon Drake. You have mm-hmm. Darren Waller and a whole bunch of disappointment rugs was a disappointment at wide receiver. Um you have you brought in John Brown, but you lost Aguilar, who actually had a decent year for you. So I really don't know what that Raiders offense is going to be like. Um, the Falcons, I mean, you still have Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. You still had you brought in Kyle Pitts. Mike Davis is your running back now, which is kind of I it's sneaky. I like it. Um Falcons offense is a little low for me. Washington is 24. Jacksonville is 25. Chicago's mm-hmm. 26. <laughs> New England's 27. Still going. Still going. <laughs> Colts and the Eagles are 28 and 29. Oh, how fitting. I know. Are right? fitting. Um, We're right at the bottom. Look, the Colts, you have T.Y. still, he's another year older, and he, he's injured, so I get it. I You're all too, the time. Right. Uh, Paris Campbell's basically lost his first two years for injury. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman's still a nice though. piece. He he broke through as the number one receiver last year, but can he carry that in? He's not, not have...
2: supposed to be a wide receiver. He's one. He's like more of a two, three-guy right.
1: possession guy. You have Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox fighting for uh... solid pieces, but nothing crazy. Right.
2: The strength, then, I think they're running. running. It's
1: Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, right? I and Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack, because he, he's going to be healthy supposedly going into this year. So hopefully. You know, now that I look at it, I guess the Colts, I get it, but I still they're think it's a lot offensive weapons. That's for sure. When it comes to, and I guess maybe this is because they're, it's not proven, but, mm-hmm. and it just came out today that Zach Ertz is likely to return to Philly. So you have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz at tight end in Philadelphia. You just drafted the Heisman Trophy winner and Devonte Smith. You have Travis Fulgham who had a nice year. Jalen Rager who can't. I mean, maybe they're going off some of the performance of last year, but Rager maybe in another role in a new offense that's more catered to what he does. He's still an electric player. Greg Ward is a nice supporting cast piece. Then you have Miles Sanders at running back. You brought in uh, on Johnson. You have Boston mm-hmm. Scott. And, and I, like I said, they don't count offensive lines. But this is an offense that I said, if it's held back, it's not because of the weapons. It's because of the quarterback. So when you're looking at offensive arsenals, maybe it's because they're not proven. But I, I and, and I'm trying not to be biased on this, but I just feel like what I just listed off is better than 29. I when you when the Jaguars when the Jaguars Uh, are there the Patriots the Bears the Washington football team I mean give me a break come on
2: I mean assuming that Devonta Smith is as advertised Heisman trophy winner gonna be like an amazing uh wide receiver at this level then yeah I don't see why they couldn't be at least a bit higher I mean Miles Sanders is a, a pretty good running back he's not like one of the Top five, but like you know, he's, he's a top ten. He's he, a top yeah, ten. Yeah, he could he could be there. He's serviceable. Like he, you can make an argument for that. And he's, yeah. I mean, I I could I could see them being higher. And he's um, only entering
1: the third year, so I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, honestly, if Devonte Smith is is like a superstar caliber player, then like yeah, like next year you'll see this this Eagles weapons be ranked much higher than twenty ninth. I and think then, it comes down to Rev Smith really.
1: Yeah. And then the bottom three, I mean, that's predictable. Uh, 30, 31, 32 is the Jets, Lions and Texans respectively. We don't need to go in on that. They are what they are. They're terrible. (laughs) So, I mean, that list is kind of all over the place. I I thought it was pretty rough top, honestly, uh, to see the Panthers up there and a pretty, pretty tough bottom as well. So, um, but next, this time next week, Training camp is underway, Taylor. I know the That's Eagles, personally, I know the Eagles start next Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when the Colts start, but most of them are starting next week. So football's here. We'll be diving into our predictions soon. We'll be talking fantasy football as your fantasy football drafts are coming around. Um, it's mm-hmm. that time. And I look, this is the best time of year. I don't know about you, but I've been doing mock drafts like every day. Like, just, just casually I should be pull doing up a mock more. draft and, and do I it on the side.
2: It. I usually don't do it until until like August time because you never know with all the
1: injuries and stuff. Can well, like your, Cam your Akers, well, right. I feel exactly, what I, mean. I feel horrible for Cam Akers. I mm-hmm. feel absolutely sick to my stomach about Cam Akers, who at 21 uh, was about to be the next lead guy uh, for, for the Rams and blew out his Achilles. Um, very Kevin Durant esque. Um, yeah working out independently away from the facility, getting ready for training camp. So it it sucks, but, um, tis the season, man, uh, MLB hot stove is heating up. We'll get to that probably next week. I think we could give that another week, but with the hot stove heating up, the temperatures hopefully around here are heating up. We haven't really had that yet. However, when the temperatures are heating up, that means it's summertime and that means it's trade in time for your vehicle. It's trade in season and every dealer out there right now wants your trade in. There is a shortage of inventory in the market. We all know that. Uh, so when when you have a car and you're ready to trade it and you're ready to get max value, um, you get the money in your hands, but a lot of these dealers don't have anything for you to buy. Um, Go to Mohawk Honda. Uh, Not only do they give you that top dollar, like I just mentioned, for your trade-in, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. So you can actually pick what you want on the spot. They have the largest inventory of vehicles in the region, and that means you can choose, like I said, the one that's right for you. Don't go... I mean, you can go. I'm not stopping you from going to the other dealers (laughs) to talk about their values, listen to what they have to offer. But go to Mohawk Honda where they can actually, you know, show you their values, which is value and selection. And more importantly, the value and how you're treated at Mohawk Honda, I say time and time again, how great I'm treated there when it comes to a simple service or something um, serious going on with your car, they will go out of their way to cater to you. Don't feel pressured into buying something from another dealer because that's the best they can do. And it feels convenient for you. Go to Mohawk Honda and buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs your lifestyle and not the other dealers so so-called values so this summer selection is cane and no one has more to choose from than mohawk honda where they always go out of their way to please you i mentioned the mlb hot stove is heating up we'll talk about that next week we're gonna we're gonna let some time go by uh the cubs seemingly ready to go on a fire sale uh Chris Bryant was pulled out of the lineup, and everybody lost their minds the other night. Uh, Craig Kimbrel is on watch. Joey Gallo, Kyle Gibson, Michael Pineda are a couple names to keep an eye on, and keep an eye on Max Scherzer from the Nationals. If the Nationals keep stumbling as well, some of these teams are going to be making a lot of moves. I'm talking about the, you know, the Phillies, the Mets, the Yankees, all three of the teams mm-hmm. that the majority of our fans listen to and follow. Those teams are all going to be buyers uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see. You don't know what the Braves are going to do. They already got Jack Peterson from the Cubs uh, to replace the unfortunate ACL tear injury that Ronald Acuna suffered just sick for him as well. But I want to get to the other summer event coming up. Maybe we don't know. It's, it's supposed to start this weekend, upcoming weekend, and that would be the Tokyo Olympics. Um Can we just cancel them? I I mean, at this point, at this point, it is getting so stressful following this thing and trying to figure out who's actually going to participate. Um, In 2020, the original pre-COVID idea was for Japan to showcase its recovery from the 2011 earthquake, tsunami, nuclear disaster with the Tokyo Games. This has been in the making for a long time. So I get that Japan really wants to get this underway. However, with the Delta variant going on right now, you have over 70 positive cases within the bubble, (laughs) within the bubble of athletes that are already there to participate. You have athletes pulling out. You're bringing the entire world together. Much of the country has entered its fourth COVID state of emergency. As their cases rise, restrictions are lasting through the entirety of the games, restaurants. And now now think about the Olympics and think about how much money is put into putting on the Olympics. I mean, that's it's more than a four year process. I mean, this is I mean, they just announced Mm -hmm. 2032's location. So think about how long this has been in the making.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Restaurants have to close by eight. Alcohol sales are prohibited and citizens are encouraged to stay home whenever possible. Spectators are not allowed at any events in Tokyo nor at any other venues with a vaccination rate below 20% in Japan. They have become one of the slowest among wealthy nations to roll out their vaccine. Yet you expect the world, the entire world, amidst a global pandemic to go and compete and nothing go wrong. I I think it's time to pull the plug. I I mean, it's getting to the point where these athletes are seeing the light. Now I get it. And it's frustrating for these athletes. It is frustrating because the, they've worked so damn hard to get to this point. And the IOC itself depends on television contracts for 75% of its revenue. So, I understand already missing out on 2020 and wanting to get 2021 underway. But it's one thing to have in a certain country or a region to have, say, the NFL, a league go and play its season and be okay because it's all within one law, one, you know, one country's culture and ideas and state, right? Mm -hmm. you're putting fifteen thousand olympic and paralympic athletes from all over the world in one bubble and you and you think it's gonna go out without (laughs) a hitch um it's time to pull the plug japan i'm I'm sorry it sucks but it's time to pull the plug
2: all right i'm not gonna speak too much on this we're getting close to an hour um and we're gonna try to not go over but Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, can't you just push it another year? I mean, you already pushed it one year. Why not push it another year? I don't. Well, it's because the Winter Olympics,
1: rolling. the Winter Olympics, are this winter. I, I,
2: so push everything. Like, just push everything down the road. Like, it's if you're ever gonna do it, do it for a global pandemic, or someone needs to help out Japan because if twenty percent vaccination rate is abysmal, and this is America, and we have, this is right, America. Like, we're at like 48% and I'm kind of impressed that we're even there, but Japan, I would have expected to be on top of this. And I don't know the whole uh, geopolitical like bullshit about it. I don't know if Japan is making its own. I assume that they're making their own. I don't know if they're getting any of ours, like Pfizer's or Moderna's or whatever, or if we could have sent them some. But either way, that all that aside... I don't think we should be putting the athletes at risk, much less any fans who want to come watch because there will be no fans. There will watch. be no fans. Nope. None. Yeah. Zero. And so, and so the, while the, we're here watching the NBA finals and 65,000 people packed outside of Pfizer forum, wasn't that
1: wild. Yeah, it oh
2: was wild. Goodness. It was wild. And I'm sure not everyone there was probably vaccinated. There are probably a few in there that weren't, but, um, but you know like to go from that to the this olympics where you're not even going to have fans in the stands and it's just i know these 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 athletes train and they want to uh you know represent uh their countries but wouldn't you rather do it in front of at least some representation from your said country and not do it like running a you know whatever race in a empty stadium putting your life at risk because It's been shown that like, yeah, some athletes, you know, uh, some people who are young and athletic and whatever, they get through COVID fine and it's just a cold. But some of them have lasting effects and lasting cardiovascular effects. And I don't think as an athlete you want any type of hindrance on any type of cardiovascular respiratory type like situation like you want to be the strongest you are at. So why would you risk like if I was an athlete, I don't know if I would go. I know I obviously it's different for me. I haven't trained, but like, you know, just if you're if you're in the prime of your career, you may be able to wait another year. Like, I don't know why they don't just push everything. And like that would give everyone more time because then you won't have situations where the Olympics in Russia. I don't know if you remember getting all that like uh, news about how like the stadiums and everything like the facilities are crap because they just didn't have enough time and it's too big of a, you know. Uh, project to take on uh, they're they they're, on,
1: they're on cardboard beds because they want to limit uh athlete intervention should i say
2: <laughs> yeah well uh, olympic village has always been notorious for having a lot of uh
1: that you they're but, uh, Olympic athletes they're gonna find other places to do it than cardboard beds i mean get a grip
2: but either way i don't i don't know it's becoming up in the air whether this is even going to happen every day it feels like you get another notification that there's a u.s uh gymnast or uh nba or like a player Bosch, for the, Bradley the, Beal. The, the team usa teams are like either falling out or are calling or you know they're what am i what am i trying to say they're pulling out of like the games or they're just getting COVID in general and they're in quarantine now and they can't go, or maybe they can go in like two weeks, but like the games are starting. So I don't know. Speaking this is of, just
1: a, of a mess. Speaking of Tokyo Olympics. And before we leave, uh, we want, you know, we, we mentioned about team USA last week, Taylor. Very good. You predicted a win. Congratulations.
2: I told you, I told you they were winning.
1: Um, However, and they've won, they've rattled off a couple now. They've, they've rattled off a couple. They look better. Um, look, I, I mean, this is still Team USA. They're good. They have the best player in the world and Kevin Durant. Has a perimeter, premier perimeter shooter in Dame, uh, You have Tatum and Levine. You have uh, Draymond and Bam. But this is also a flawed team that lacks size. Um, Spain pounded Team USA on the boards over the weekend. You have JaVale McGee. On the team now, which makes me want to throw up that JaVale McGee is representing Team USA. I mean, come on, we we can't do better than this. Um, Along with Kellen Johnson, after, like I said, Beal and Kevin Love bowed out. um, This team is still a team that lacks chemistry. Um, This is a team that thought they were getting Booker, Middleton, Drew. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to happen now. Uh, this is a team that it just doesn't feel right I mean gone are the days of beating you know Nigeria by 83 points or, or blasting Australia to the moon I mean those are two teams that beat USA in the exhibitions as we tackled last week so if there is a talking point with these Olympics and there's quickly not becoming many um, this basketball team will be one of them
2: yeah I I was never truly worried about Team USA. It should I be. Mean, you should I be. Mean, I mean,
1: I don't They're think... still not winning convincingly.
2: No, but again, I, I think a lot of that has to do with that the actual like, group stage hasn't started. So let's hold a little back, especially for players who just played in the NBA like playoffs and they're they're and we, they're coming off a couple of weeks we, of playing.
1: As long as we don't lose to Iran. Well, let's... Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, like I'm saying, as long as we have, as long as we have like Kevin Durant, I think we'll be okay. Sure. But you know, you never know. I mean, the, the, the 23rd 2003
1: team didn't expect them to get bronze, but nope yeah, they and then they did and then thus we had to have a redeem team so but you uh, know who i'm gonna root for if i can't root for team usa i'm gonna root no, for, for luca because i want luca you're, so, you're so predictable i, I could have said, said that before you even said that obviously if, if it's not us that's it it's, it's, you it's get Luka. your you get your willy wet for luca i get it <laughs> i i mean it's okay i understand and but, you get um, really wet for Ben Simmons, and here we are. No, no, I do not. Not anymore. Not not anymore. anymore. He's dead to me. I will for Dame, <laughs> though. I will for Dame. For Dame. But, but uh, no. So that's it. We are. We kept it not under an hour, but exactly an hour, hour and, and an hour and one minute. So thank you Close guys enough. for tuning in. Uh, like I said, this will drop on Thursday. Uh, we will be back to our scheduled programming next week. We will air on Wednesdays from here on out, unless otherwise uh, stated like like we did this week. Um, we tackled a lot. We tackled the box. We tackled the NFL list. Uh, next week, we will definitely look into the MLB hot stove as the MLB trade deadline is the 30th. So keep an eye on that. Keep it locked into our Twitter accounts. As anything breaks, we will bring it out to you. Uh, enjoy yep right below as taylor just pointed out follow the twitter page at sports underscore podcast obviously sports is with a z as well as my and taylor's personal accounts which is at z Bryce 21 and at t lats with two t's and two <laughs> two s's uh we are I just didn't really the S's to a z and then it'll be like i know <laughs> i know I I, I I probably screwed them up even more but um Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to all our sponsors. Again, Mohawk Honda, Techies Fire and Water Restoration, as Gaz has put in before this episode. And we don't want want to forget about our good friend Jeremiah up at Saving Face Barbershop in Saratoga Springs. Track season is a full go. And make sure you head in there as Saratoga is booming. I was up at the track last week. It's great atmosphere. All the tourists are back, and it just feels right. Feel right by getting a good yeah, cut buddy. with our boy, Jeremiah. Uh, he, he does close um, close face shaves as well as any cut and design that you want. They have about four or five guys in there at a time, and they will make sure that you look good and you are satisfied before leaving and heading out to whatever you do. Go out to the track and enjoy a warm day there. Go out golfing. Go enjoy the town. Uh, they will make sure you're looking good doing so, and especially with the temperatures finally looking good after such an abysmal july here in upstate new york things are finally turning around and you want to look good for that so check out jeremiah off exit 13 n n s depending on where you're going you can get on both and head over there and check them out and get a good cut thank you as always for tuning in for taylor i am bryce we are sports with a z and a t and we will catch you next week
2: see you